This Christian podcast is designed to help us walk a stronger Christian life in today's troubled world. This is God's Amazing Grace Podcast with Sean. Hey, everybody. Welcome to God's Amazing Grace. And again, I'm your host, Sean. And on this episode, I've come, we come, uh, contacted each other through <laughs> Instagram. And it was kind of like a God thing, you know, you know, people say, well, you know, it was kind of luck or whatnot, but it was kind of a God thing mm-hmm. because, because of, you know, our life's kind of intertwined. Hmm. I'm talking to Cassandra Baber. She is a pro-life speaker and a child advocate, and she has an amazing story to tell. So, I am going to give her all the leeway she wants on talking. I know she's a little nervous as long as I'm a little nervous as well, because I may end up giving you guys a little bit more of my information of my life, my testimony, so to speak, through all of this. Mm. So, Cassandra, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. I'm really excited. Um Thanks for giving me free reign. I think you will regret that. <laughs> you don't know. I think you would know a little bit about how much I can talk. So um, I, I let's just, I hope that we could just start with a little prayer. Um, so just ask the Heavenly Father to um, shine his heavenly light on us. Um, cover us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, give us the words, Holy Spirit, be on our lips, be on our ears, be on our hearts. May we touch the lives of all of those who are listening today, and um, we pray for all the needs of those of you who are struggling today, and um, hoping that you hear the joy and the love and the peace and the light in this story. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. 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 I, I kind of, uh, before I uh, even get on here, a lot of times I'll, I'll pray, but then there are times at the end I'll pray with people too. All but, right. Uh, can't have too much prayer, right? So, no. yeah, so let's just, I'll, I'll get into the story. So um, the thing that everybody, everyone's afraid to talk about um, within the pro-life movement is rape. And um, God blessed me with this story of rape and conceiving a child when I was 18. Um, I didn't actually talk about the rape face it even for 17 years. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. So my story is, I think, a little bit different. But also I'm learning not that different because most women don't even recognize that they have been raped or they've been sexually mm-hmm. violated, um, which was which was me. I was fairly innocent, uh, fairly naive. I was in my first year of college. Um, I was from a really small town. I was raised about Catholic practicing. And um, not to say that I was an angel. I certainly wasn't. Um, <laughs> I had lots of friends and I, I dabbled in, in various teenager type things. Um, but I was, I was pretty innocent in my, my way of life. And, um, you know, I was, I was a popular girl, homecoming queen, all those fun things, smart, you know, I had my whole life going for me. So they said, right. And, um, so I was at a really great school in Florida I won't say the name because I don't want to uh, uh, desecrate them in any way. It wasn't their fault. What happened? It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, I was at a club for the very first time in my entire life in in Florida in Orlando, and um, I didn't know this club was actually known for attracting pedophile type people. Um, it was an 18 and over club. I'm not going to give you too much detail. I don't think the rape itself is important, but I think yeah. what's important is that women, mothers, grandmothers, fathers, whomever, they know that these pedophiles, they're crafty. This guy approached me. I had lost my friends. I looked like I was 12 years old, truly. I had this little bob haircut and, and bangs. He probably thought I was 12. Um, I was 18. And he knew what he was doing. He basically groomed me um, for for a good 20 minutes, hour, and then eventually led me out 
sides telling me he was going to help me find my friends. And we ended up in an alley where I was literally, I had no way out. I, I was scared and I knew, I didn't know that this was rape, but I knew that I was scared and I wanted to get out of there. And I just thought, if I just do this, I can get out of here. Yeah. And that's essentially what happened. And then I just pushed it. I pushed it in the back of my mind and the devil really worked hard to make me believe that it was my fault. Um, and I just want to make sure that people understand that is real. That is a real, 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 um, a real tool that he uses. But oh, yeah. in some ways it probably was a blessing because I just, I found out I was pregnant five weeks later. Um, and I, I knew that I wouldn't have an abortion that I, I grew up knowing I, God really prepared me. He prepared me for this. You know, in eighth grade, I did a, a speech, a debate about abortion and I became very impassioned. I was very, very attached to children, just had this absolute love for them. I, I was going through old photos and every photo, there's a, there's a picture of me with someone's child, <laughs> like when I was a kid. So Anyway, Isn't so part of the, the part of the Catholic faith believes that there against it's against abortion. It's also against um, birth control. Absolutely, hundred. So since you were raised that way, does that kind of play in play in the picture too? Or for I mean, I was lucky that I was raised in a Catholic home that actually taught those tenets. Most Catholics aren't learning that, or they're they're not practicing that. And I, I'm I'm not. I'm not uh, casting any, you know, judgment, so yeah. to speak, but I'm just speaking the reality, 23%, only 23% of Catholics are going to mass regularly. Uh, that's Pew Research. Um, and most don't believe that Jesus is in the Eucharist. And that's the, the for the Catholics out there, that's the one thing about being Catholic that makes it special. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I my mom was... a my mom and dad were divorced and my dad didn't really follow the faith, but my mom did. And I grew up with, with rosary, the, a real love and a real love for the blessed mother. I, I, it is, I only because of her, I think that her intercession for me as a mom, you know, she's the ultimate mom. You know, I always say she's the ultimate, she's the ultimate mom dacity, which is the name of my organization. Um, so yeah, so you're, I, I leaned, immediately on my faith. Um, and again, that was a blessing because I was really moving away from my faith when I, my first couple months of college. Um, so anyway, here we are. I fast forward to, um, I guess I have to tell you how old, I don't have to tell you how old I am, but my son is 24. He's brilliant. He's a software engineer. Uh, he lives in Manhattan and he is truly brilliant. He was the easiest, most precious person to raise. He, gave us all so much joy. My parents, I think they would have died without this kid. I, I can't even tell you. And I'm not saying that raising a child alone was easy, um, but he motivated my every move. I had a 4.0 in college. I founded a nonprofit when I co-founded a nonprofit when I was 22. Um, I did AmeriCorps. I don't know if you know what that is, but um, it's uh, the national service organization it's like peace corps only it's in the united states oh, okay. i had an award-winning journalism career and let me tell you i brought my child with me everywhere he i was going i was going to get my education and this is this is my big thing moms women are capable of being mothers it is the world that tells us that we can't be and i'm going to tell you every time i turned around i had someone telling me i couldn't I couldn't be a mom. And well, they, they, they kind of teach us that yes. in school and everything. I'm not going to swear on your show, but I am from New York <laughs> originally. <laughs> but it's garbage. It is garbage. And that is the, that's the number one reason I started Momdacity. Obviously to show the truth about abortion, but to, to, to change the culture. When you see a pregnant woman, you better celebrate her. I don't care what her circumstances are. I don't care if she was raped. You, she, she and her child aren't the problem. The rapist is the child. Is exactly. The, is the problem, excuse me. And where in our world, 
where in the pro-choice movement do you hear them talking about going after the rapist? Do you know what they told me? I didn't talk about the rape, but clearly they, the people who were working with me knew that I was raped. I'm, and I'm talking about the OBGYNs because I didn't speak. They wanted to know about the father. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. And they asked me, were you raped? I didn't say anything. I, I didn't necessarily even understand. I just knew that I was pregnant and I had a baby to take care of and I, would, I was being told to have an abortion every time I turned around. I was told to have an abortion because I was smart. I was told to have an abortion because I was poor. I was told to have an abortion because I had my whole life ahead of me. I was told to have an abortion because I was going to be a lawyer. Well, I changed, I changed course. And I was never told that I could be a mom and I could have all of those things. And I'm here to tell you, you can be a mom and you can have all those things. And you can raise a healthy, beautiful human being and give him life and give her everything that you can. And you don't need money. My mom had been laid off when I became pregnant. You know, you know, what's kind of funny is you were talking about the direction, the path that you were leading until this happened. Yes. What you were going to do and everything. But I think it wasn't so much your path. It was God's plan. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I do believe that I don't believe that God wills evil, but he allows it. Obviously, God didn't plan for me to be raped, but that man made a decision. And I, it, I've i done a lot of work, a lot of spiritual work to forgive him. And I have forgiven him and I pray for him. I pray for my son that he will have forgiveness. If he doesn't, he does not share that with me. Um, my son does know the story I told him when he was 17, when I actually finally faced it but god god gave me joy in darkness i don't know how else to explain what it was like to be raped conceive a child be at the lowest point that i can't even describe to you the the pain the sadness the fear but what I could, what I, how do I explain this? My foundation was I had this, this human being that I had to take care of that was growing inside of me. And all I could think about was if that man tried to come and take him from me. So that was the trauma for me is, is the trauma was the rape. My son was the, the healing, I guess you could say. Um, and he, I had wonderful parents, but even if I didn't, I had the, the, I had the drive and the determination that I'm, I happen to be a little bit feisty. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. You tell me I can't raise a healthy, beautiful child, get my education, have a career. I'm going to do it. And I, I want other women to understand that they can too. There's, there's options out there, whether it's abortion or excuse me, God, no, whether it's adoption whether it's raising your child, there are plenty of, there are, there are things out there for mothers. I had people, I had a, a family member give me a car. I was a poor girl. Like we had nothing. My family at the time, we had nothing. I mean, it was, we grew up, you know, with, with no phone in the nineties. I mean, but God, God provided, um, See, that's why, you know, it's, that's how, you know, it's a God's plan Absolutely, is, is the doors opened up. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm, and I'm telling you, when I made the decision to just lean on him completely, it just started to happen. And again, it, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to say it was easy, but what I realized is what wasn't easy were the times when I decided I was going to make my own way. Um, <laughs> it was not, God had the way. I just was fighting it, um, you know. So, you know, I had a, I had an award-winning I had an award-winning journalism career. If you know anything about journalism, journalism is one of the hardest, longest hours, so stressful, and at at times I had two I had to work two jobs. But you know what? My son came with me, 
to the newsroom. That's probably why he's so smart. Um, <laughs> and it was cute. They would just, he would sit at one of the computers, he would do his thing and no one, no one questioned me. I would bring him to class with me. He was, you know, as a baby, he went to class with me as a toddler. He was a really good kid. I would not have brought him with me if he was going to be crazy, but I have, I still have people say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like, what did they say? I'm like, I didn't ask. It's I paid for that education. I mean, I don't, why do I have to ask permission? I didn't have to ask permission to bring my son with me to sit in class so I could get my education. And what professor is going to say, get out of here. I mean, if, if he was, if he was disruptive, I would have left, but yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, there, there's no obstacle that can't be overcome. Mo mothers are strong. Women are strong. Don't believe the, the hype. The reason why, uh, go ahead. I think part, I think part of the problem is, is it's when you're going through that, you've got people that, yeah, they mean good, but they're trying to bring you down in a way, you know, they're, they're not, they're not telling you the positive things they're saying, well, especially in the Christian world, it's sad to yes. say, but they are the ones that pull people down the most. I agree with you. They're the ones, they're the ones that say, yeah, it's okay to get an abortion. Yeah. Right. And I, I can, I can tell you that the church was the most judgmental um, in, and, and maybe judge, uh, how do I say this? They didn't know my story. They saw yeah. um, a very young girl. Well, even if they, even if, if they, even if they did know your story, they're still going to be very judgmental. Well, I, I want to believe that that's not most of the church. It's just the loudest, right? So, <laughs> which I, I, I do think is the case. And I, I like to have facts and statistics behind me and I don't have that information. So I don't want to say, I know that my personal experience, I came up against a lot of people making judgments about me. And mostly it was like one, I'll tell this, I'll try to tell the story very quickly. My son was two weeks old. I was so excited to be a mom. I loved being a mom. I loved breastfeeding. I breastfed my son for a year. I made his own food. I loved, I hated being pregnant, but I loved being a mom. Um, so the, when my son was two weeks old, my mom, like I said, she had been laid off. She was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so we had no income. And I walked down to where the WIC office, I don't know if you have. Yeah, I know. What WIC is. So yes. it's, Basically, the if you're breastfeeding, they'll they'll give you different coupons for for different foods that are healthy and nutritious. So my mom my mom said at least go down there because I was horrified about that idea of it. I went and my son was literally two weeks old, and the woman who was in this office was probably ninety five years old. And I'm working on forgiving her, so if we can pray for that, please. <laughs> um, she looked me up and down in the way that she she did and and i was a, i was a lot more timid then and i'm like what is happening i felt like her judgment and i she you know took they have to weigh him and she though she was handling my son in a way that was very aggressive so i grew up with um a support system of nurturing my father was yep. in a relationship with a woman who founded an, um, a nonprofit organization against abusive parenting. So I, God set me up beautifully because I was working for that organization since I was 14, learning how to parent. If you can, just God is good. Okay. Amen. So <laughs> Amen. He, I, she's handling him and I'm like panicking because she's rough. So I finally, like I grabbed her arm and I said, stop touching my son like that you're not allowed to touch him like that and she was like oh, oh 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 yeah I he's you're not allowed to do it and I said well then we don't want the we don't want this I said and I don't know I must have negotiated my way around her touching him and we figured it out we get to the desk and she's literally just oh she's just shaming me and I can't and and I, I let it happen and I looked down and my son's in his, in the little car seat and I just decided at that moment I wasn't going to let 
I'm sorry, I'm get, I get emotional. I wasn't going to let him see his mother treated that way. And he wasn't going to be treated that way because I chose life and I was not going to allow her to shame me for that. And I, I, yes. I slammed my hand down on the desk and I said, listen, I'm done with you. I said, I do not want to be here as much as you don't want me here. I said, but I deserve it. I've been working since I've been 14 years old. And I said, I'm going to tell you in five years, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to show you, I'm going to be everything that you don't think I can be. I said, do you understand me? <laughs> and, I, and her eyeballs bugged out of her head. And then I said a few choice words that I, I'm not going to say here. And um, I started crying hysterically, picked up my son. And I said, and we don't want your money. <laughs> I walked out and I like, oh, my mother's going to kill me. She's going to kill me. My temper, right? I walk in the house. I'm hysterical, hysterical, to, like so hysterical and postpartum. And my mom says, you know, what's wrong? And I told her, she goes, okay, you don't have to go back. <laughs> so... I, I say all that not to, uh, you know, make light of the situation, but I want, I want mothers to know that it's, you are capable. I want women to know you're capable of being mothers and it's not you that has to change. The world has to change. And I, I want to bring up some really important statistics about rape. I want to ask yeah, you a question before sure. you get into the statistics. What do you tell that girl out there that say people are telling her that, well, Every time you see that baby, you're going to see that, that, that man, that rape. Never. I, what do you tell? Never. It's, it's ludicrous. That is, that is a made up pro-choice, pro-abortion argument because they don't want to tell. Oh, that was my painting that just fell. <laughs> um, they don't, they, the, Okay. Abortion is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's not a choice. It's an industry. Yes. So I want everyone to remember that where there is abortion, there is money. Whether the money comes from the average abortion on the high end, it's about $1,500. Whether it comes from health insurance, Medicaid, your taxpayer's money, or if it comes from the woman. And the woman almost always has to pay something. So abortion isn't free either. Let's just get that right out in the open. Let's tell the truth about that. Um, someone's paying for it, whether it's your health insurance, me, you, um, the woman getting the abortion, it's not free. But Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry are making lots of money off of these dead babies. Not to mention the whole harvesting of babies. That's a whole nother conversation that will... Yeah, we kind, we kind of talked about that on yes. the phone So about what they're using it for. Here's the thing about abortion, or here's the thing about conceiving through rape. This child is half mine. My yes. son looked exactly like me. Did I ever think of the rapist when I looked at my son? No. I thought of the rapist when when I was alone at night thinking about, oh my God, could he come and get me? You know, that's post-traumatic. Exactly. That's post-traumatic stress disorder, which I've been treated for, but that had nothing to do with me giving birth to my son. And let me, let me tell you, I'm not alone in that. 75% of women who conceived through rape had their babies. And that's from a study in 2000 by David Reardon, Amy Sobey, and Julie Makama. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And that is almost identical to a series of studies done by Sandra Maycorn in the, I think in the seventies. So now of the 23% who aborted their babies, these are, we're still talking about women. This is only, we're only talking about women who conceived through rape. 88% regretted those abortions. One woman in that study was positive. She had positive feelings about that abortion. The remaining were indifferent or unsure if they had made the right cho choice and traumatized by the abortion. Huh. Now, let's talk about those women all together as a whole, the ones that aborted and the ones who kept their baby. 93% of all of those women would not recommend an abortion. 
what do you what do you think makes them keep going back though? Even though they don't recommend it, they still go back. The women who who there's there's been a lot of lot of women that have had more than oh, one abortion. Because, well, what? Think about that. You become desensitized to it, right? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually very similar to women who have been raped or abused. They keep going back, right? They go back. They repeat their patterns. Like I did that for a lot of years. I, I was in, I was in, you know, relationships or in situations where I was constantly being sexually abused in some way. Now, my son was not a part of that and he never, I never had a man in the house. There was none of that. That was very, was one of the things I think that saved me from having worse relationships is that I knew my, I would not bring any man around my son that wasn't good enough. And, and I didn't. Um, so it's, it's a pattern of you, you become desensitized. Once you have one, it's, you've already done it. And, and I mean, we can talk about the spiritual part here. I don't often do that because I'm, I try to rely on science, but what, think about sin. You do it once, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier to do it. And then yeah. Yeah. you have the, we have Planned Parenthood who is the loudest voice. They have the money to reach these women. And I mean, we could get into their whole marketing plan. I'm, I'm a market, I'm, I'm in marketing by trade. They start in kindergarten, they gain the trust of their future abortion victims. So they're, they're very crafty. They know what they're doing. And these are, these are not, these are things that were told by people who used to be in the industry. This is not made up. You know, I have no reason to make, we have no reason to make this up. The truth is, is easy. And we have to be louder. We have to, we have support. Women have support. We also have to show what abortion is because most women, once they see it, that's why Planned Parenthood doesn't show you a sonogram unless the woman asks. And I think, I, I don't remember the statistic exactly, but I think like 95% of women who see their baby um, in a sonogram don't have their abor an abortion. Think about all the money that Planned Parenthood would lose. They'd lose billions. <laughs> They're losing billions now, supposedly. Good. <laughs> you know, because all these all these states are not giving them money, but they seem well, to still they be make open. Well, up for it in, in these politicians who support them because, you know, they, well, I shouldn't say that because I don't know for truth, but they're getting donations from people who have money and they're, I mean, they're just washing each other's backs. So, you know, there's reports out there. And again, I don't have full, um, we'll have to come back later on after I, I study this, but sex trafficking is linked to Planned Parenthood. I mean, live action, um, they, 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 un they uncovered all this, this uh, cover up from Planned Parenthood covering up, pedophiles pedophiles bringing kids for abortions yep. come on do they care about women no no now, sex selective abortion is one of the fastest growing reasons for abortion next to down syndrome so w women are going in and killing their girls do they care about women no they're they're allowing mothers to go in there to kill they're female girls, just like China did. We're, we're no different. Big pharmacy. It's no different. We are, we are in a crisis. Talk about a pandemic. This is the greatest pandemic of our time. 62 million children just in America have been killed through abortion. The majority black children. We cannot continue to allow it. And I am here to tell you as a rape victim that rape does not get to be an excuse for abortion. Don't you, in the next time someone tells your, one of you listeners out there that rape is a reason for abortion, you tell them to call me. You tell them to email me and I'm going to tell you that they are, Planned Parenthood and the pro-choice movement are not allowed to use my trauma to justify the killing of children like my son. Absolutely not. They do not have my permission to do that. And they don't have the permission of 75% of women who conceive through rape who don't choose abortion. They're liars. They're lying when they tell you that women want abortion. They don't want abortion. They regret it. 
They're liars. Okay. <laughs> Preach it. So I know this is a hard topic for a lot of people and a lot of my pro-life friends have a hard time. They're pro-life except for rape. No, that's not pro-life. My child is just as worthy of life than yours who wasn't conceived in rape. And how dare you say that he is not? And that is what that says. You're telling me that my son is not worthy of life. Let me tell you, if I, I didn't talk about my rape till my son was 17. At that point, when he was 17, should he have been killed? Because I now decided that I was going to talk about his rape, about my rape. People would think that that was, that was disgusting. We also know there are, there's a woman out there. I can't remember her name. I wish I could, um, who was married and she was brutally raped. God bless her poor sweetheart. She was brutally raped and she conceived a child. They did not know if it was hers or the rapists or if it was the, the husbands or the rapists. Her husbands. Oh gosh, I wish I could, I think her last name is Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. Um, well, she, she had the baby and then they did a DNA test. They found out it was not the father, the husband's. Now she found out after the child was born, should that child be killed? Of course not. We would find that to be disgusting. Although we are, oh, that's when. Since you're talking, since you're talking about men yes. in, in a way. We were discussing my, my life in a little bit, and, and this is kind of hard to talk about because, like I told yeah. you, hardly any of my family know that in my younger days, I got a girlfriend pregnant, and she mm -hmm. had an abortion. But I had no say whatsoever in this thing. <sighs> this is, this is. This, it, it's a hard subject. I don't. I think it's a manifestation of what the abortion industry has created in our culture. So because I'm in marketing, I can tell you that what you want to do in marketing is you want to become a part of the culture. You want to become a part of the cultural story in essence. So this is the story that Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry has created that men don't have rights. Now, come on, it's completely illogical. Do you know any child who has been born or created where a man or his parts have not been used? I mean, if, if you know this person, I mean, please have them call me because that is a complete and utter scientific miracle. No, men have to be involved. And here's the thing that women have done. They have kept, because they have said men don't have a right to the child in the womb, we have deadbeat dads. I don't blame those dads. They've been told they don't have, they don't have to be responsible for their children. But then if the child is born, they, they are suddenly responsible and they have to, I, I don't support deadbeat fathers, but I don't blame them for believing that they don't have to be responsible. We have created this. Of course, we, of course, men need to have a say in their children's lives. I don't know if you've ever heard a man outside of an abortion clinic wailing and weeping. I have heard it. It is the most heartbreaking experience. I have never, I, I can't explain what that was like. I, I will, ne I never want to hear that again. It was despair to chilling to your bones men be vocal you have a right to your child and your child's life if one of your children were out it being held at gunpoint what would you do you would do anything you could to save your child i i know the law doesn't support you and protect you but you have to stand up. We need manly men in this world. We need good, strong, Christian, strong patriots out there right now. We need men to be brave and courageous and to speak up. 
you're being overrun by these women who are killing your children. You're and 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 let me be clear. I never blame the woman who has an abortion. I I don't. Never. She is never at fault. In fact, one of my the main parts of my mission is to support those women and I've support I'm I've been lucky and blessed to support many in their healing. Which is funny because you would think those those women wouldn't come to me. They do. Um so men, please stand up. Stop believing that you don't have a right to your children. And you know what? Step up and be men and stop using women. Let's let's go there. I know women are available for being true, used true. and because we live in this broken world. But you you can say no. You're not some kind of animal. And don't let don't let women believe you are. And I know it's hard because there are, there are men acting this way, but you've been conditioned and get away from the porn, go step away, do what you need to do. I know that that's hard because your brain becomes fixated on this porn and it becomes an addiction. It is the reason that we're out, you're out there impregnating women and making these really poor choices and infidelity. And that's a whole nother topic, but stop, stop. Go, go to your heart, go to, go to God, go to, I don't know, go to, go to the woods. <laughs> like go, you have a right to your children. You have to speak and we have to change the laws. And I am lucky that I had an amazing father who supported me in raising my child who would never, ever, ever allow something bad to happen to him. But even my own father, when I said I was pregnant said, well, what do you want to do? What we need men to say is, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to raise this child with you. I'm going to financially support you. And there is a statistic out there, and I wish I had the exact number, that a very large percentage of women have abortions because they don't have the support of the father. As soon as they have that support, I can tell you every woman I know who has had an abortion, it's because she has not had the support of the father. Huh. So step up. Be men and stop letting your children be slaughtered. Do you know what happens in an abortion? These are not clumps of cells. At three weeks post-conception, the circulatory system in the heart are beginning to form. At four weeks post-conception, the heart is beating. Little, little limbs are being formed. Hands, noses, eyes. At conception, unique DNA has been formed, which means we know what color eyes your baby has, your child will have. We know that if your child will be shy, we know if, if that's a boy, if he'll have male patterned baldness, that's all in that DNA that is at the very moment of conception. We know if that child in that DNA will look like you or mom. You have a responsibility to the children of this world. So step up and be men. I'm going to hold you accountable. I mean, I don't know what you have to do to do that, but get it done and stop being silent. Huh. It's not fair for women to have to wow. hold this burden on their own. And that's what's happening right now. Women, women yes. are the pro-life movement. Women are the mothers. Step up and become fathers and be men. I don't care what you have to do to do it, but do it. I mean, I do care. I mean, don't be crazy. Don't be violent. <laughs> but you have to speak and you have to speak with authority and you have to speak with love and nurturing. This is not a time to be quiet. I think, I think part of the problem is, <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Most times nowadays women are fighting for equal rights. And if a guy steps up and, and, and says that you don't get the equal rights that a guy does, they're kind of looked down do. on. You know what I'm saying? I do. It's not, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, that's I'm a logical not... argument. What about the child's right? Step up for the child's right. Don't you want your child, if that child is a, is a girl, which we can identify, I think it's 12 weeks, even earlier now with technology. And forgive me if I'm not getting that exactly correct. <clears throat> and I will... I will send you information with the correct um, week, the correct term, but step up for the right of your child for human rights. Women's abortion is not a right. It is a murder. 
It is the destruction of life. It is a murder. If that child is born and that woman hurts that child, she goes to jail. Yep. Well, that's like if there's been several cases where a, a guy killed a pregnant woman and he got put in for yes, I mean, double the most murder. Recent case, um, or the most hyped up case would be Chris Watts. Um, I don't know if everyone knows about that, but it's on Netflix. His wife was 15 weeks pregnant when he killed her and his two children. She was pregnant, and she was oh, pregnant yeah. with a little yes. boy. Um, they named him. I think they named him Nico. Huh. I, I followed that. I've been following that. It's really creepy. Um, there is no <laughs> women. The the lie that women that abortion is a woman's right is is it's so illogical and it's so easy to dismantle. It's not a woman's right to kill another human being. Of course, we want women to have choice. I want women to be able to choose where they go to school. I want women to be able to choose what they wear in the morning. I want women to be able to choose where they work. Choice is so important. Choice is an absolute for all people. But I, women don't get to choose you know, if they get to murder there's so, someone. Yeah, exactly. There's so many people out there that are looking for adopted yeah. or to adopt a baby why are there because adoption just, doesn't make money i don't know i guess it blows my mind adoption doesn't make planned parenthood exactly money. you know we can go on all day about how much of a, a abortion is again it's a multi-billion dollar industry and now we we know it's even bigger of an industry because of what was uncovered through the center for medical progress with the um of the harvesting of the, of the, of the fetal cells and the organs. Yep. This is a multi, I think it's a, it's bigger than we even know. I mean, let, let me, let me see if I have the, the numbers. It, it, it's, it's gotta be bigger than we know because mm -hmm. if it wasn't, they wouldn't be fighting so go. much. Right. Why, what, what do we have as pro-lifers what do we have to gain? We have nothing to gain. And I, that's what I, I mean, I have this conversation a lot. I'm like, what do I have to gain? I, what do I, I don't want to take any, away anyone's rights. Well, like what, the, what that do for me? <laughs> what do you, what does the abortion industry have to lose? They have a lot to lose. They have power, political power, money, 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 follow the money, just follow the money. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein was was heavily involved in the Democratic Party, and I'm still trying to figure out if if I I bet he was somehow involved in. And in, I shouldn't be saying this because it's it's a conspiracy. But all right, it is all conspiracy. But I think he was. Anyway, killed, but that's he, just my opinion. We know we know that Planned Parenthood supports rapists. Who wants abortion? Yep. Rapists. They get rid of the evidence. We know that abortion supports pedophiles. We know that the that the abortion industry doesn't care about parents and what happens to their children, because I can I could be fourteen years old and go get an abortion without permission. Without and mom and dad, no. One of the investigations I saw recently was a thirteen-year-old went in for an abortion said that she had a 31 year old boyfriend and they told her to lie. They told her to lie and told her that if she didn't lie, they'd have to call CPS. I mean, come on, tell me, we know based on women like Abby Johnson who have come, who have come out and said they just want money and abortion is their business without abortion. They don't have money. And Planned Parenthood makes money every year. And, you know, you might think I'm picking on Planned Parenthood, but they're the biggest, they're the biggest provider of abortion. And, you know, we, we cannot let these politicians, these pro-choice politicians in. We cannot let them in. We cannot, we are so lucky in the pro-life movement that the Trump administration did what they did. They have done more in this, in this administration than we could ever have prayed for. 
I mean, they appointed pro-life judges. They permitted states to defund Planned yep. Parenthood of the Title X funds, Title X funds. Yep. Stopped tax dollars. Yep. Do you know that we were funding abortions overseas? We were until Trump came in, the administration came in and stopped it. <coughs> He's required health insurance companies to disclose if plans cover abortion. Did you know that was illegal before? We couldn't, we didn't know, if we weren't allowed to ask that. Um, he's appointed strong pro-life people in key positions. Um, we now have this, the Office of Health and Human Services has a conscience protection office so that we can better protect um, people who are pro-life, essentially. I'm, I'm using that loosely. Um, he, we took action against California for violating conscience protections. He allowed Texas to fund health program, a uh, health program that does not send funds to abortion businesses. Listen to this. this. This is what was going on in our country. Under the Trump administration, we canceled a contract for taxpayer-funded experimentation with body parts of aborted babies. Um, I, I just, I can't. He's the first president that spoke for the March at the March for Life, the first president. So then if, if if that's the case, how are they getting away with putting fetal parts into vaccinations? Oh god, that's a whole nother conversation, right? So <laughs> they are. They're getting away with it. And they're gonna tell you that these are aborted fetal cells from the 1970s, that they're not new. I don't believe it. And you know what? We, until we have a media that is willing to go forward and uncover it, we, we don't have, we know. We know because we know from the, the whistleblowers, we know from the people who left the industry. Um, well, you know, you know why nobody pays attention to it is because they were trained not 100%. to pay attention to it. And so Everything, everything we do when we watch on TV tells us I know. to ignore it. Even though it's not saying it, it's teach, te it, it used to be where you never see right. murders on TV. Now you see bodies laying all over and everything. You're absolutely right. Excuse so me. we've become and immune to what it. What people don't understand, and this is so hard for me to, to hear some of these people who are fighting for abortion Margaret Sanger, the founder of abortion, or the founder of Planned Parenthood, excuse me, she didn't invent abortion. I've said that mistakenly before, like just slip of the tongue, and I, the pro-choice movement is like, what? Are you that stupid? Like, it was a slip of the tongue, people. Margaret Sanger, founder Oops. of Planned Parenthood, God rest her soul, God help her, God have mercy on her. She... What she was the most, I'm reading several books, um, her, not, not only her own autobiography, her own writings. She was the most racist human being on this planet. She had an agenda and it's, I'm reading it in her own words. She had an agenda of eradicating the black, Jewish, Slavic, and what she called the feeble-minded population. She did not believe oh. these people deserved life, that she believed they were a lesser human. Who does that sound like? Hitler? Hitler, guess, yeah. Well, guess who Soros? Hitler's biggest fan, guess who Margaret Sanger's biggest fan was? Adolf Hitler, Hitler. read her writings in the 20s while he was in jail. When he left jail, and, and forgive me for maybe not getting all of these exactly right, all of the, the timeline itself, he used her ideologies to implement those policies in Germany. The first thing he did was abortion. Come on. Like, because he wanted to <clears throat> eradicate the population of what he considered non-Aryan and non-pure race. This was his idol, Margaret Sanger, 
who is celebrated by people like Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, the most pro-abortion women on the planet. Now, tell me how we are celebrating Margaret Sanger. She, we're, Hillary Clinton was given the Margaret Sanger Award. And I, I'm, I'm deliberately bringing politics into this because we have to vote in ways, and I know our voting time has passed for this particular election, but we can continue to vote, well, hopefully. <laughs> the, pro the problem of it, yeah, the problem of it is, is a lot of people are saying because of what's going on now, they're saying, oh, well, on. I'm not going to ever vote again. Well, then you better you better start fighting. So, <laughs> better start fighting for you your better start fighting exactly. We, so we we can't. I mean, I don't want to sound like a, a nut because I'm not. <laughs> I'm a nut for saving babies' lives, <laughs> and um, we have to. <clears throat> well, I think I think God put you in this per. per uh, Situation. Excuse me, this um situation sure for absolutely. a reason. I don't I don't doubt that for a second. I'm thankful. And 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 through what you've been through and what you're discussing, just think of how many people, how many girls, how many guys out there that this I hope could so. Touch. I mean, I'm not you know, I'm not doing it for myself. It's not an easy thing to do. I've lost friends, family members, all the things that people always loved. I mean, I'm loved about me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not being boastful when I say this, like I've had lots of friends and I'm a likable person. I have very few friends since I started this work. I have, I have lost, I'm like literally dozens of friends and I, I guess they weren't your well, your real friends then. I know in the, that in the first part one. of it, and and this is, I think people need to hear this. Part of it is their their own pain, their their own pain of abortion that they don't talk about. One in four women has had an abortion, so I'm I'm yeah I'm empathetic, and I'm I recognize that if I'm stirring someone, it's likely because they've had an abortion. If they're or they've been involved in an abortion in some way. And that's just as traumatizing, maybe not just as traumatizing, but it's traumatizing nonetheless. A lot of women, most of our abortions were done in the 70s. I mean, imagine those are women who are my parents' age and they've been walking around with this pain and shame for all this time. It's time to heal. We have to heal. Post-abortive women have to speak. They have to heal and they have to speak. And the pro-life movement is here to support them. Where's the pro-choice movement? Where is Planned Parenthood when these women who have been in my office on the floor in a fetal position, sobbing, begging for their baby's lives? Where is Planned Parenthood when these women wake up in the middle of the night to hear babies' cries only to realize they don't have a baby, that they killed their baby? Where's Planned Parenthood? Mm. <laughs> They're gonna say, oh, that's silly. They're going to tell her. You need to go to see a psychiatrist. That's not what it is. They're going to tell her that most women don't experience trauma after an abortion. Well, I don't care if most women don't. There are women who do. And they deserve to be loved and protected and taken care of. I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. You've got to have a yes. conscience. You Absolutely. cannot hide yes. this right? forever. There's going to be times. I know of a friend of mine years ago, or it's a neighbor, more or yes. less. She had an abortion. And every year that that time came up, that, that would either have been the birthday yes. or the time she had the abortion, she goes yes. through a drunk yes. stage it's because she so can't handle it. Any other time you wouldn't know it, but just during that time she goes you know, through a drunk There's some outrageous statistic that again I I I wish I had I had it right in front of me that like but it's like women who have had abortions are 
like this like huge statistic like times likely to be depressed to have suicidal thoughts i think it's like 800 times more likely and i but i don't forget i said that because i i don't want to give a wrong stat um, but i will follow up with yeah I tell you what, I tell you what, we're going to have yes. to continue this conversation. So we're getting to the point where we've been on here almost an hour. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I, know, like, I told you time goes by. <laughs> when you're having fun. It, it does go by. But if there's one person that's out there listening right now, what words of encouragement okay. can you One, give them i love you i am here for you you can reach out to me at momdacity on instagram and on facebook i will keep your information confidential that's number one we will find you the support you need number two there is nothing worse than the pain of killing your own child. And there's nothing better than holding your child in your arms. No obstacle is greater than the life of your child. I want you to imagine right now, closing your eyes, imagine that beautiful baby in front of you beautiful bright blue eyes, little sandy blonde hair, standing in the backyard playing. Now imagine someone running over to that child and beheading her. What would you do? You would do everything you could to stop it. Everything. You would lay down your own life to stop your child from being hurt. Remember that. And there are there are people around you that can help you. God provides that. Let me tell you. Yes. I had a family member give me a car. I had full scholarship to college. I had my father buy me a house. I mean, we had nothing. Mm. My family had nothing. I'm telling you, we were poor. Poor, 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 poor. But... And yeah, and I guess this would be a good time to go ahead and uh, <laughs> end the up. show. <laughs> I'm teasing. Well, no, it's not just starting you oh, up because we will continue this conversation. Great. I want to get this conversation. I, I'm just going to give you a little more because we really didn't have a whole lot of time for you to get all your stats together and, and stuff like that because we just basically started talking like towards right. the end of last week and. Well, the most important thing with it, so, I know we wanted to talk about was was rape and abortion and how that's not an excuse. So I think we got the stats out there and we can follow up with yeah. other topics. So, so yeah, so um, let's do that. We will have you on. Again, your website and your yep, Facebook page is Mondacity. You can also find me um, on Facebook or Instagram, Cassandra. Baber, C-A-S-S-A-U-N-D-R-A-B-A-B-E-R. I'm available for speaking engagements and for workshops as well. Yeah, and I think if there's anybody out there that listens, as well as podcasters who do listen to our show, she's available to come on Absolutely. your podcast as well. So at this time, we will... Say goodbye. our goodbyes, so and we will we will have you on again here soon. As soon as you're ready again, we can finish this conversation. This is a Wonderful. very good Thank conversation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate. And I would like to thank you for coming on, and we will stay most definitely stay in touch, and we will get well, your word words, out let's there. Do it. <laughs> Yes, it is. So, so I thank you, and I hope that you uh, do come back on, and we will talk right. to you Thanks again. Take care. God bless yeah. you. Bye bye. Thank you. Have a good one.
Thanks for listening. Follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, SND, many more. See you next time. This is God's Amazing Grace Podcast with Sean.